there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live from all over the United States. For me personally, live from the Homewood Suites here in San Diego. Uh, living the hotel life, as for those of you that listen to the pod regularly, you'll know that there's a ceiling or a hole in the ceiling of my apartment. So uh, I thank you all for bearing with me while I come at you uh, from this hotel. We are also joined by our regular co-hosts up north here in San Diego, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, bro? How you doing, Matt? I'm I'm hoping, mate, that this isn't a Hotel California for you, buddy, and you can get out as quick as possible and tell versus their you know normal quiet life but uh yeah we're 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 hanging in there uh also joined by our other co-host in new york from the new york foxes mr jason becker how are you my friend i'm doing well and uh thanks for the gave us a little video tour of the hotel room that looks like a <laughs> four thousand dollar a month apartment here in new york city so enjoy it hope the insurance company is paying paying every penny of it yeah yeah, we, I think we're we're right at, right there with you on the real estate prices. So I definitely feel your pain there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the insurance will take care of it, and hopefully they'll get the uh, construction uh, wrapped up sooner rather than later. We can get back uh, into our spot. But um, guys, let's dive right into it. Enough about uh, what I'm dealing with. Let's talk about this team that is frankly making uh my life that's one of the the bright spots right now in my life is uh the leicester city foxes and how they have started uh historically started uh the season in a amazing fashion uh three wins in a row for the first time since 1922-23 season i don't even know how to when i saw that uh tweet stat from jordan blackwell shout out to him because of course only he would have that kind of information but chris what do you even say about a stat like that dude mate it's incredible isn't it when you think about it and you think about some of the stuff firstly how long's blackwell had that sitting there Every season, he's just been waiting, desperately waiting for it. Every single time, he finally got it. But yeah, I, I, mate, it it just sums up some of those. Not even in League One, like you would have thought in League One with that team that we may have done that. But no, yeah, just incredible. And yeah, it's been a it's it's been a surreal feeling, hasn't it? To like watch it, watch your team win is I, I kind of forgot what that feeling felt like. And there's just nothing quite like it, especially for you and me, Matt. Like, 7 o'clock in the morning, we're watching that down at the Blue Fort. It just sets your day up. I feel I, I feel like I'm floating on air as I leave the pub. It's brilliant. It really does. And is there anything more Leicester City than the fact that we've never had three wins in a row? <laughs> like, that's just to start a season that is just perfect Leicester City. Like, no matter, even we got, you know, this seasons where we got two in a row and the optimism was buzzing then we were always you know it's just a perfect stat jason yeah yeah you would think with, with with some of our promising starts that we've had in previous seasons like some false storms thorns that we've had that we already done that once but uh like you said lots of credit there to, to jordan for for sitting on that because there are i think quite a few media personalities unless who love to send out a tweet that, that just before a game to jinx us and uh to his credit he held on to that and uh, and here we are making history in the championship in 2023 100 years later 
Yeah, 100 years, guys. That's just that's just crazy to me. So, um, yeah, guys, Saturday uh, against Huddersfield Town, uh, John Smith Stadium, which I always think looks like uh, one of those when you when we used to play FIFA and you would do a career mode and they didn't have the licenses for all of the stadiums and there would be like, you know, the fake stadiums. I've always thought John Smith Stadium looks like a fake FIFA 13 stadium. Um, but man, let's talk about the way that uh, our Fox has filled that up. The away support was just incredible. You guys uh, so loud, so great. Um the 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 songs all day long you could hear them all the way in san diego they were loud they were constant i mean just incredible support from the away fans jason um to make that stadium i mean it looked like there were at least two thousand of them there yeah i think um yeah it was it was it filled up the away and it looked like which is great and you know with with a new season new players new chance and you know some 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 start off better than others some are like you know going to see a stand-up comedian for the first time and he's got a bunch <laughs> of jokes and on his iphone he's just kind of going through it before he lands on on the delivery for a special but a few of those caught on pretty quickly pretty early uh steffi mavididi seems to be a big fan of his chant and he wants to hear yeah. more of it uh yeah. it looks like on twitter every day so i wonder if he'll tweet about it again tomorrow but uh, but yeah, really, really good good uh, traveling support. And I think that will be um, a theme of the season. I think um, similar to when we went down to to League One, we had some pretty good and, and raucous you know away ends, and people were just getting used to that winning winning feeling again. Looking forward to going to some stadiums we haven't been to in a while now. I know Huddersfield had been promoted uh, fairly recently, but. Still, there are going to be a lot of grounds that we haven't had a chance to, to go to and play in, and, and a lot of people will be looking to um, rekindle some old memories or exercise some old demons or even just, you know, take off a new new ground off the list. So it uh, should be some some really fun um, away ends this season, I think. And I do my damn best to, to get to a few of them this year. Same here. Uh, yeah, for sure. And and on a weird day, too, like the weather uh, was just <laughs> bizarre. One second, the sun is shining. The next second, it is downpouring like uh, Shawshank Redemption, um, <laughs> Andy's escape out of the tunnel. And then the next second, <laughs> Matt, the we sun call is that shining Yorkshire again. Weather. It was That's so just weird. called Yorkshire weather. Yorkshire or Ohio. I was going to say it looks like Ohio because the Ohio foxes know what I'm talking it's like about. One of those things I'm sure changes you every kid, five minutes. Like your parents made you go out with not only the clothes you were wearing, but anticipation for the forthcoming rain shower, 30 degree hour. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, oh, do the cliche. I mean, the stadium's called John Smith. There was nothing. I think that was a, it was an ordinary performance by us, but we got the job done, which is the best thing that we could do. Um, I think the best thing that comes out of it is that interesting stat about Huddersfield's first home opponent for the past three seasons. They've lost that game, but the team that they've lost to has gone on to get promoted. Um, so, I mean, that's... Win the league. Uh, win the league, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so that's in our favor. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and yeah. that goes along with what I was saying before. Jack Rafferty, I'm looking at you, man. You really tempted fate tweeting that out before the game. Jason <laughs> Bond called you out, but, but uh, no harm, no foul. Here we are. Sorry, guys. The dogs are going to be barking. I'm going to try to <laughs> discourage it as much as possible. So I thank you for putting up with it. Um, but yeah, beautiful day. Uh, one of the only things that were mo more beautiful than that stadium, because it, it is a 
proper football ground. That place is gorgeous. Uh, the the turf looked amazing. Um, just I love the setup of it. But the only thing prettier were those away kits. Uh, seeing those things in person now on the guys. I think we got a hell of an away kit this year, guys. Your thoughts, uh, Jason, on that away strip? That uh, it really looks good in person. Yeah, yeah. The the stash is a little wide for for my taste, but all in all, it looks good. And look, I don't care. I'm Anyone who knows me knows I have been lobbying for us to make the, the black shirt with the blue sash part of yeah. our regular rotation. It's part of the heritage of the club. It looks awesome. Uh, generally, like uh, the, the, the 2003-2004 shirt is uh, in long sleeves. is I think, my favorite lesser shirt of, of all time. And, and um, I hope, you know, it does well enough for the for the club to um, make it part of the regular rotation. It, it did look it did look really sharp. I have to say. Looked really good. I think they're going to sell a shit ton of those this year. Um, but yeah, Chris, to your point, guy, uh, it's a tough place to play, especially when you got a manager like Neil Warnock over there. Uh, Kim Matt, come big... on, come on, Matt. What you were not calling him <laughs> Neil Warnock when we were in the pub on Saturday, mate. Tell tell the crowd it was great. The the resemblance to Danny DeVito's penguin character from the Batman movie in the nineties is just undeniable. Uh yeah, he, he was looking like the windswept penguin over there in his all teal uh wind jacket. That was a hell of a look. But man, uh when you're playing a Will War, a Neil Warnick team, you know you're gonna have a hell of a day, Jason. And and yeah, it, it was a, I thought the guys did you know, it was one of those ugly championship games that you got to win, and and they did a good job. Listen, yeah, when you when you go up against No Deal Neil, you're you're <laughs> get ready for for. I mean, listen, I I I do, I do like Neil Warnock. I do think he's very entertaining. He's character. hilarious, man. Um, and and that that teal jacket did, did look pretty sharp. He looked like you you put some some white pants on him, and he look, would look like right at home just walking around Boca Raton with all the retirees down here in Florida <laughs> but um, it was always going to be an ugly game uh I think what really impressed me like on the tactical side that Maresca seems to know exactly what Huddersfield were going to do and how they were going to set up and he sort of did the same said the same about Burton Albion said the same you know he he was right on again about uh Cove. So um, that's pretty encouraging to see that the manager like already is kind of you know picked up on, on what the opposition will do and and the differences between. Um, so he's he's called it out ahead of time. It does look like we're very prepared, but you know as Chris said, it really was not not a pretty game. Um, and I think we have to kind of adjust our expectations um, for this thing. I think most of the games are not going to be pretty. The football is so much you now. The Premier League is back now, and I think we can all see that the football is so much slower. Uh, and the individual, you know, quality also isn't there, um, like you see on, uh, in the in the Premier League. But um, we're getting results, and that matters. And I don't think we played the do doors off, you know, anyone uh, in the first three games. But we have that bit of individual quality. In, in different parts of the squad that our opposition don't have right now this year. So that may very well turn out to be the difference in, in most of the games this year, if we can keep on, keep a hold of, of, of some of those better players that we have in the squad this year. Yeah. 
and I think one of the things that's most impressive thus far is despite it being we've seen, you know, some ugly play or whatever, you know, things have not been great. Enzo has been uncompromising thus far. Uh, his style is what he's going to play. And I think, you know, we kind of had question marks. Well, when stuff starts going bad, is he going to be the kind of manager that just sticks to his own style, a la Brendan, no matter what? Or is he going to change it up? And thus far, that answer has been, we're not changing shit. We're playing it from the back. And we're going to live or die with that. Um, and, you know, we saw mixed results with that. Yagov uh, Stolark. Chick gets his uh, first league start for us, and he had three turnovers that were pretty bad um, that really made it evident how much it's going to be on the keeper's shoulders to start play for us. Um, I think that was the biggest thing for me is that we, we're going to play this route one, and it's going to start with our keeper. And uh, he must, you know, Mad's injury right now is really giving a chance for Jakob to play. But I think, Chris, that's the first thing that jumped off to me was it's all going to go through that. It's going to start with the keeper. And, yeah, it's going to be important that we got a guy that can play with his feet, obviously. Yeah, 100%, Matt, 100%. I think it'll be – I think the sample size is still too small to kind of think about it on the grand picture. But it will be interesting later in the season when we play middle of the week on a December night. We're 1-0 down, like – just seeing whether his philosophy stays true or whether he goes a little bit more direct. One of the things I think that was evident, especially in the second half, and I think something that we may need to, he'll he'll need to think about is you could see that Huddersfield did a, th where there were times in the first half, I think of the Pratt chance, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later, where three or four passes, we completely ripped them apart. But in the second half, they definitely developed more of a lower mid block and gave Vestergaard, and give Faust as much space and as much time on the football as they wanted. I think there were moments when Vestergaard was going 20 yards into their half and not being challenged by a single Huddersfield player. And I think that's where we're going to have to get better and think about how can we go and move the ball quickly in those situations. Because I think if we do move it quickly, we're untouchable. And we saw moments like that on Saturday. But I think when it slows down, that's kind of when I think some of the problems... Uh, may arise. But yeah, you're right about the distribution of the goalkeeper. I thought he was all right. I thought he made a couple of saves when he needed to. But overall, I was so impressed with the physicality of the side. Like Jason says, Warnock, he's going to give you big physical. He's not, he's going to teach you. He's going to, his players are going to get aggressive. And I thought we actually dealt with it quite well. And I think, I know, I thought Faust in particular was a highlight for us and somebody that I think is really coming in, whether it's the level or whether it's the system, hopefully it's the latter, not the former. Could be a bit of both, but thought he was excellent. But I, I was just impressed with the way that we dealt with the physicality. And um, yeah, you make your own look in football. We know this. And I think one of the things last year that we struggled with was creating those opportunities to get some luck. And I think in this game, the goal, yes, you could say it was a bit lucky, but ultimately you've got to get in that position to get that shot off and just see what happens. So all in all, yeah, bit normal, not great, but um, I think there's I think there's definitely positives. Well, I mean, you talk about the uncompromising nature of the manager. I know it is still a small sample size, but Noreski uh, made a huge statement before we even kicked the ball by naming two keepers on, on the bench. When Sumare is available, Doc is available, Castagna is available. Now they're probably we're probably working on deals with Suters. It, it, it is available. 
right? And he's not, not even named on the bench. And so um, it, it seems to me that it's very clear that, that Maresca has his guys that he believes in that can play in the system. Uh, he has his players that he seems to want to push out. And uh, he's not going to change, like, you know, if he's going to play that setup and he's going to play, you know, in DD in the advanced role, he's going to just jam Pratt in against Burton, he had the opportunity to sub on uh, a striker, to sub on DACA. He chose not to, and he said, that's screw it. We'll just play the rest of the game without a striker. And he he's just does not seem like he's going to budge when it comes to the, the personnel. And, you know, he kind of dodged the question a bit artfully, but, I, you know, you have to wonder if that was a little way for him to already nudge the board into finishing up and wrapping up the, the transfer business because um, before we know it that the, this window will be closed yeah i it's we i think all of uh the collective leicester city twitter exploded when we saw both uh danny ward and everson on the bench um that yeah i'm totally with you that is as big of a signal as you can send i think um going forward so hopefully we get some of this moving some because yeah there's a lot lot there that we need to get move get off the books for and get some in as well jason yeah yeah um i guess we probably spent a lot of time on on the chances but as like far as the football goes i think chris you're right like foss was my man in the match same and yeah i wonder you know he's got a lot of motivation here i mean i'm sure like he was brought in to be the guy to take over for um um and you know didn't really work out that well last year and if he's going to keep a spot in the belgian national team he's got to stand out like week in and week out and show that he's above this level when he goes out and plays and he thought he was everywhere he handled everything that was thrown at him pretty well and he was showing that he was very mobile and look he's going to have to be i think with doyle and best of our back there with him he's going to have to um take up a lot of space on the pitch and then you know I, i'm really impressed with navigati's um just ability to like finish a game and he seems to be in great shape and like first two league games it just like was not working out for him the first hour or so he just like doesn't give up keeps trying and he keeps trying to just make something happen, be direct when he has to force the play, force the issue and um, make some luck. And Chris, again, like I nailed it again, I think like we have players out here that are trying to like make our own luck and um, we're like not going to get discouraged when the game is going against them. And I'm going to keep trying, keep pushing. And he's just been the personification of that this year and like uh, he's got all the makings of a cult hero man i just i really really um really like this guy you know yeah. right right away there's just something so likable about him and just reminds me of some of those old championship wingers that, that we had that we all uh, like fell in love with and like those attacking players and the lloyd dyers and the anthony canarcards and, and those types of players that just like became cult heroes and we, you know, we still sing about yeah, the new DD as we were calling him last week. He he's definitely making a name for himself. Just real quick though on Walt 
thoughts because yeah man of the match for me as well not only his play um some of those uh counter tackles that he made that then sprung the offense forward where he watches a play develop almost sees the winger he knows he's going to make the pass to the guy so he's creeping up on him and then he's there to you know make that slide tackle that then springs the ball forward and allows us to take up off the wing it's just really fun to watch and not only that but if you watched him he's a guy that i can see you know maresca's talked about we're gonna have different captains all year and also shout out ricky getting his first captain Ricky that that was incredible to see so Ricky P getting that captain's armband was amazing but I think uh if Wout keeps up this play as well as man he was just barking orders all over the field he's yelling at Jakob he's yelling at Vestigard um he's you know in Winx's ear like he's becoming a very very vocal leader back there and I would not be surprised at all if we see you know this play continues if he's going to wear the armband for us um you know if he earns that right i could i could definitely see that but yeah um mavaditi man we we spoke last week guys about you know first of all the confidence to take the number 10 which is awesome but then to then back it up in your first few games here already making your presence known um that first 30 45 minutes he was nowhere to be seen i don't think he even touched the ball but to your point jason to stick with it and you know, players that can take that dead time where they're not getting the touches and are using it to develop, you know, how am I going to beat this guy later? I'm setting him up. Th those kind of players are very special. And man, I really, yeah, I, I hope that he is going to be that guy. And thus far, he really looks like it. Not to mention, uh, grabbing the ball kid last week, then showing fans love on Twitter, calling us, you know, my foxes, like the guy's just doing everything right so far. So yeah, long may, uh, number 10, our new number 10 continue with that, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. The kid's ticking all the boxes. I, I think, I, I think it's good to highlight those players that, are doing the, the, the highlight real stuff, but I'll just also give a bit of credit to, um, some of the other like I think Doyle, I think Doyle playing Excellent. down the left that um is is a nice reassurance to matter. It gives him that freedom to know that he's got someone behind him that he can rely on. And I think he's been good. And also I'll give Harry Winks some credit. I think I've loved watching Harry Winks and Leicester shirt this this far so far this season. He gives one of the, he he has a natural ability to find space which is so precious in a league like this. Like he's always wanting the ball. He's always looking for the ball. He knows where the space is. He's always willing to, he plays the smart ball. I've really enjoyed him. I think we've got a star there, not only for this league, but I think in the Premier League as well. It's uh, it's great to see him involved. But yeah, I mean, the guy, might have go back to him, he's doing all the right things. I mean, we were looking for that guy that I think as a fan base, we could collectively kind of come together and root for this season. And I think he might be the guy. And I mean, we lost a hell of a player in Harvey Barnes. Um, but hey, we may have found someone that at least might not fill all of his boots, but is yeah. going a long way at the minute to kind of step up to that position. I was going to say, losing Harvey... Sorry, I was just going to say losing Harvey sucks, but honestly, thus far, has anybody missed anything? That, I mean, that we that oh, I don't know. I think he this league up. I think he would. I, I think he would have had this league up already. <laughs> the thirty-five million, thirty-five million is pretty useful, though. Go ahead, Jason. Steffi did something 
think it was like the 35th minute or like 40th minute, somewhere around there. Like he started off right, he was on the ball a lot, and then the game got away from him. He wasn't seeing any of the ball. He was being kind of marked out of the game. We weren't keeping the ball as well as we were earlier in the game, and he was just having trouble kind of getting back into the game. And he did something where, like, he just said, like, he just saw, like, a, a switch in his head, and he said, all right, like, I'm going to force my way back into this game. And he just ran over to other field players. He didn't win the ball. I think I think it was a foul. I think, yeah, I think he was whistled for a foul. Maybe it was a throw-in for them, but – it's just like it made me think of like a like an ice hockey player who's kind of out of the game a bit and just like all right like next shift i'm just gonna go out and hit someone and that, that's just like what he did and it like then the next few minutes he was back on the ball again he was he was involved again and it's just you've been missing that attitude where like a player like we just never had anyone you know maybe kalechi a bit during sometimes last year um, Madison earlier in the season, but then he really, really did lose it. We just never had anyone who would just take the game by the scruff of its, of its neck. And we're missing that attitude. And if you don't have that in this division, well, like, I'm sorry, it's going to be a long 46 games. And that, I don't know, just that moment really resonated with me. And I just, like, just watched him do that. I was like, damn, you know, this guy gets it. This guy, he understands like what he has to do to succeed at this level, and also to like keep his team fired up and keep the fans fired up. Yeah, and the, man, that's a great point. I haven't really thought about that. When we haven't had, we, that's really been a void that we've had in the team since Vardy, prime Vardy, kind of faded out. You know, he for years that's who we relied on you know when he would come on and fix it for us and now that he's getting up there yeah it is it is great and I think that's what so many of us we waited and we waited and we waited for matters to be that player and there were games where it would appear and he did save our ass multiple times during that Brandon year he never was quite to that level so I'm with you and you know for Mavaditi the thing that I liked the most about it was he it would have been very easy for him to, you know, try to throw two or three more moves on that to make it a prettier shot to the corner or try to do a back heel, just something to make it more than just kick it as hard as you can and hopefully get some luck because that is what this league is about. I mean, you just have to I think about uh, the famous Chris Wood goal from the championship a few years ago, our last time in the championship when keeper goes to clear it, I think might have been Redding or the keeper goes to clear it and just kicks it straight into Chris's face and it bounces right back into the goal. So that's the kind of shit that's going to happen week in and week out and yeah, for him to have that recognition of I'm just going to kick this fucker and, and hope that it gets in was 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 huge so um yeah let's uh let's let's move on guys from there i thought uh i want to give a shout out to wanya marsal getting his first uh start uh in the league for leicester city he played um last week in the league cup but uh this is first start in the championship for us and number 40 looks pretty good so far for a youngster uh jason what do you what are your thoughts so far on him yeah, I think he's got a little bit of an edge over McAteer right now, and he probably did enough in the Burton game to um, to get a start. He's still young. You can see some of the decision-making um, isn't quite there 
Um, he's a little tentative in certain situations, but that's just going to come with, with experience. And um, I, I, I think we might want to bring in a more experienced or more dynamic player right now and then find our spots to play Wanya. But, you know, I, I like him and it's encouraging that we're starting to see, you know, the young guys get chances. And hopefully this is the start of like us actually treating our academy and our under 23s and everything below that as, you know, a feeder for the first team that plays the same system. So these players can come in and slot in seamlessly with the side. We just have not been doing that for so many years. I just completely baffles me that like we finally took us hiring Enzo Marepska to realize like, oh yeah, this is what you're supposed to do with the team. But he he was good. It does seem like he, he and um Kalechi and Nacho like has a has a real liking to him. I like I noticed during the Burton game, even before the game started, Kalechi was like in his ear talking to him. And every time he did something well, Kalechi was encouraging him. Saw a little bit more of that um again, you know, this weekend. So, you know, I, I love to see a senior player do that. Uh, a senior man, senior player do that with a with a young winger. Yeah, your thoughts, uh, Chris, anything on the young man? Yeah, I think ultimately, look, I haven't seen a Leicester City right winger since since the Riyad Mahrez days. So why not try something different? Why not try and give us an option out there and just see what happens? I agree with Jason. I think if we're thinking about the transfer window, we always say this as Leicester fans, but we would like priority of a right winger is probably high on the list. But if we can afford to maybe miss a position, then... We've, we're used to not playing with a right winger, so so be it. But um, thought thought he was pretty good. Um, I think confidence is going to be a key. These pe- these kids are young, so um, and they're going to make mistakes. They're gonna it's gonna they're gonna get up that football IQ. Playing more and more games in this championship is going to make them better players by de- by just experiencing different situations and things like that. But um, I think ultimately. If they're aggressive, I think Maresca is just looking for them to play their game. And yeah, damn right, Jason, 100% agree. Like, can't believe it has taken this lot. Like, taken, there isn't I, just why it takes, and this is maybe for a podcast, it could be a podcast in itself, but just looking at our academy recently and thinking about, well, what is going wrong there? Why aren't we get, or why, what, what is it about our processes that aren't allowing some of these players to get a bit of first team action is, is definitely something we need to address because it, you look at teams like you look at a few teams down there and, and that they're developing those players, they're building those players, they're selling those players for a lot of money. And that's one of our financial requirements is to get those, is to use our homegrown talent pool to generate money because from an FFP standpoint, it's all profit, and that's a huge thing for us. So, yeah, we we need to look into that more. But um, I, I think I agree. I think he'll be first choice over McAteer, uh, I reckon, moving forward. Um, but, yeah, I probably expect us to see do something in the window. Well, I, you know, I think it speaks to um, Enzo, kind of, the, the fact that we're already seeing this. You know, you don't you – don't, go to your interview at a place like Seagrave and look at this place and be like, you know, oh, this is just going to be a short-term job for me. I think Enzo looked at that. He sees the infrastructure at the club. Um, and I honestly, and maybe this is the optimist in me, but I really hope that he is planning on this becoming, you know, a long-term post for him where he can, you know, 
make his make his mark, Jason. Well, you know, I, that's up to John Rudkin, I think. Like, are you going to give the manager what he needs to succeed? Are we going to reinvent the, the youth setup and make it more of a feeder for, um, for the first team and more of a, um, you know, like create a talent pool that we can sell players from? Um, because if if we're not going to do that, I just like I could see someone like Moresca getting very frustrated. Like he doesn't like he's got a little bit of Nigel Pearson about him. Like if you listen to his interviews, he's not like that forthcoming with the with the reporters. He's just he he seems he's got his favorite. You know, kind of like Pearson had his one guy that he would do his sit downs with, and um, has uh, got Guillaume, and and you know, he I'm sure he was promised certain things going into the job, and here he is already starting to keep her. So, you know, we have a couple windows back, uh, a couple of weekends left in in the window. So I don't know. It is still too early to tell. I don't want to, you know, kind of create a personality for and create motivations for Moresca in my head that that um, are just from my imagination. Uh, we need to still learn more about him. But you know what? We've like kind of just relied on a on a on a um manager who is a the big personality and kind of just like it seemed to be the, the guy who just um uh you know the manager will sort it out. We've got players and and the rest will fix itself and we'll stay up in the league. We really need to sort of like think differently about the football club and, and, and the future of the football club and how we get there. And um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I hope that Maresca took the job with an eye on building something and creating a long-lasting legacy. But, you know, we have to see how, how this works out. I, I love the idea. Like, I... I, I saying i think earlier in the season like just the, the the romanticism of having you know a new tradition of italian managers and, and, and another danish keeper i think it's great like i hope that becomes part of the leicester city identity um along with some kind of um recognizable style of play and um and a strong academy have to, you know, the future remains to be written and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think the next few weeks will be very telling as far as, you know, what Enzo Moresca's future is going to look like. It's also nice to have a, a Polish guy back in the side again. I think, you know, since since Wazel, I don't know if we've had one in there since Wazel. So uh, <laughs> nice to have that as well. Um, Cool guys. So yeah, I guess the the quick summary is um, another game, uh, another grind out kind of game that it, that's going to be incredibly important all year. Where you know there's there's multiple chances for stuff to go wrong, but we find a way to get a freaking shutout and and get those three points. So who cares what the hell it looks like uh, at the end of the year? Because we're not going to remember, you know, that we it was one that we're going to remember those three points. And uh, yeah, for me, that's the important part. And that's the shit that we were missing so many times last season where we just were the complete inability to see out games. And uh, 
long, like I said, long may it continue, guys. Um, any last doom and gloom, though, guys. Like, no, I am happy. So. Like, we won three games in a row. Every time we win, I I love it. I'm enjoying it. I don't care how we're doing it. We're Absolutely. running it out. And so, like, I, I want that out Bro. there. Like, <laughs> the, guys, the, no, the people... you, you've been talking to me all week. You know how much I love, you know, winning these games. Absolutely. I think that anybody that's listening to this podcast right now is enough of a Leicester City fan to know why we are being a bit reserved and not just singing from the rooftops right now that we're going to win the league by a hundred. Well, it's like, a, it's like an angry reserved, isn't it? Because it's like we know we're down here because we were absolute crap last year and we're just angry at the fact that we were crap last year and we're just angry that we got into this situation. So it's like whatever success and we get super happy, we still just go back to the fact God damn it, we're still down here because we were crap last year. Like it's just an iterative cycle. But yeah, I know I'm I'm super excited. I mean, why can't you be excited? You just won the first three games in a hundred years. So there is a little residual stuff, right? Like where like I don't think any it's kind of like a like a kind of a breakup that happens and like you didn't get your closure. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there's still yeah. some things like I gotta get off my chest and tell you. Um, and then you then you see him on the telly with his little notebook scribbling down notes at Game I mean, of County, and you're like, for me, that's not just about Brendan, but it's also about like the, the board, right? And and Rutkin and all this stuff. It's like, all right, well, we like it just we, we we got relegated, but you know, we just like we just don't talk about it. We just just move on, and like <laughs> fans don't know what's changed, what's different behind the scenes, but we're just gonna. Just gonna like pretend it never happened and just like keep going. You know, every the ultimate like, Leicester Southeast thing. Asia, just like we're another Premier League team. <laughs> we, just, we just don't acknowledge it and we just keep going. It'll be the ultimate Leicester thing on the day that we touch wood win the league. They'll put on the website a little PDF of like the debrief of the of the previous season for us all to read and, and not report it or tell anybody, but it'll just be available at that point. <laughs> a quick summary. Yeah, a quick summary. Yeah, doesn't matter. We won the league. We're back. Yeah, we appointed a special investigator. It's like a house, the hearing, and hearing part. No, it just goes away. Like, <laughs> oh man! Oh, look, well, well, that's what that's what beating Huddersfield down does. You know, it just makes us all look good mood, and we forget about it. That's exactly right. Suck it, Terriers. Um, Chris, uh, let's go ahead right now if you've got it ready and send it over to our uh, reporter on the scene. Mr. Ollie McLean uh, is going to send us in his uh, little summary of the match. So if we were were ready for that, let's send it away to Ollie right now, uh, who was at the match on Saturday. Hey, Matt. Hey, US Foxes. Hope all is well. Um, Hope you've had a nice, enjoyable summer. what a nice break from the football but now it's back better than ever and we are we're starting off very strongly um back to back wins in the league back to back to back wins for the start of the season which i couldn't be happier with didn't think it'd be uh like that to start with but um yeah extremely pleased with how the how the summer's been with uh signings and um just, just how we've how we've looked in playing. We just, we just look a totally different team, and I'm, 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 I'm okay with all the passing around the back and side to side passing because it, it, it's working for now anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing. I could talk for, for hours how, 
how excited I am for this season. I've been screeching like a little girl getting tickets for Rotherham away when, uh, you know, last year we were playing Man United away. But it's, it's the joys of this uh, this football club. Um, but yeah, today, 1-0 against Huddersfield. Away days were back. And what a result that is. It's a scrappy game, but look, not every single game in this uh, in this league is going to be it's going to be beautiful with a piece of art. But a win is a win, and that is a big, big win to to kick off our season again. Um, more than it's it's exactly what we could have asked for, and it's so good to see the passion from some of the players like Wink, Harry Winks, for for instance. He just he just loves it, and he. Just constantly looks like he wants it. I could talk for hours about all the players because they all had a great game. I'm even going to give a special mention to Yannick Vestergaard, who, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I, I don't. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan at all. But he, bar a few misleading passes and and shit passes, um, he had a he had a good game. He did have a very good game. They they seemed to trust him on the ball, and I can see why because he he was calm. Like I said, except from the few misplaced passes, but yeah, everyone was great today. It was it was a fantastic return to away get away days. Um, yeah, just a brilliant day. So I'm buzzing. Um, and Chris, regarding your uh, me wanting to try the IPA at the KP, not best pleased about that because I'm not an IPA drinker myself. But because you asked so nicely and because I fucking love you all, I'll I'll happily try it. Um. I'll try and do it this, this Saturday against Cardiff. So, yeah, buzzing to be back. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just, I'm so happy that the season's back and and we're back winning games. Um, yeah. Let's keep that faith. Let's let's get beyond the lads and let's fucking do this. This Premier League charge up the city. Absolute legend. Ollie McLean for you when you need him. What a, what a lad. Uh, gonna get you that IPA uh, review as quick as he can, Chris. I cannot wait, dude. I cannot wait. I'm with you on the IPAs, Ali. That's just not not my thing. So uh, I know if I had to uh, be the one to taste the to test it out, I wouldn't be too thrilled. So I really, really, uh, I know you're really taking one for the team doing that for Chris. Man, you can just hear it in uh, Ollie's voice, so boys, the optimism and yeah, who who if I'd have told you last year at any point in the season that Ollie would be singing the praises of Yannick fucking Vestergaard, but I'm glad that he said it because we've got to we got to take the time to give the guy some props because thus far he you know when, with with Connor Cody being announced that he's out with a ten week injury, whatever it is, going to be six now or something like that, but the fact that. You know, Connor's not available right away, the guy we'd want to plug in. Yannick's done a great job for us thus far, Jason, stepping in and stepping into a role that that otherwise I'm not sure who who we're throwing in there. He's, he's, he's done all right. <laughs> he's done all right. I mean, if Coventry had any kind of quality on that team aside from Gustavo Neymar, the result's probably different. Yeah, you know, I thought he had, thought he like overall has played well. Um, it did seem like from the from the preseason that, uh, you know, he Mareski, he was the the sub for 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 kind of Cody, and I guess Harry Harry Shooter's on on his way out, and not really don't really understand that, but I guess Mareska is you know he 
wants everyone to be able to play the ball at their feet. And that's something that the best card, I, I would say, it's like um, one of the better parts parts of this game. And so, um, yeah, maybe the, the the setup and the personnel isn't what Oresco wanted. And But I, I will give Vestigar credit for stepping in, filling that role, um, you know, doing doing a decent job back there for us. And, and you know what, like, he probably doesn't love coming to work every day. I'm sure he knows that he's not the most popular player uh, on the squad. Anyone who was at the open tra- training session um, could probably confirm that, you know, he just went right right inside and didn't really want to spend much time with the fans. And I guess you can't blame the guy for that, but he has been he has been decent for us. And I think, you know, he'll probably be be good good enough for us. So. Yeah, I, I wonder whether he's and um, and quite rightly he sees this as an opportunity to get himself in the shop window these first three get these first couple of games. You look at some of the trash defending in the Premier League from the, especially the new clubs that came up. They could probably look for someone like Vestergaard, and maybe we can get something there. Like he's probably he's probably of the of the starting eleven, one of the players that I think could go if we got. But then the question is, does he want to go? I mean, that's the yeah, other that's problem we have is like these players. They're maybe not going to offer. Well, now. Maybe if he got the fifty percent reduction in his contract, it makes it these lower league Premier League teams somewhat maybe more attractive than it was say six months ago when we were in the Premier League. I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm with Jason. I mean, I, it's obviously five, isn't? It? So the five that he's probably interested in are the three that played Cody and Justin. Will be like so. It'll be three from those five, and I think kind of broadening out it a little bit. I think somebody like Luke Thomas needs to get out. I don't know how we, like, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to, he doesn't really fit in this Maresca formation. So it's like, do we, he's young. Do we try and get him out to a, because we're not going to loan into a championship side. So what what do we do with a player like that? It's like, there's all of these interesting decisions that we've got to think about over these next two weeks about the development of the 11, improving the 11, but then what do we do with the fringe squad and kind of how, how they fit into the plans as well. So I think we'll be super busy over these. I mean, rumor has it that I think Percy tweeted tonight that the Chelsea side, the, the Chelsea guys should be signing tomorrow, which is a huge yeah, thing. I've heard so that like, before. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to happen Friday. It's Jesus Christ, dude. I don't know. <laughs> like, but yeah, I think it'll be busy. Well, I got to say, you know, to, to, you know, reassure everyone out there, there's one thing that this club, the people that feel very good out. It's uh, moving on fringe players. <laughs> we we what do we have? We had Pat like Happy Mendy not in one of the squads. So we can't freaking move players on, and we're right like so. There's a lot of work. It's still you know a lot of the stuff has to happen in the squad in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be we we don't have the the strong hand in, in negotiations uh, anymore in our position. I don't know. I, do, I don't know if we're going to be able to make all of these deals happen. But I, one thing I will say is that I think this is one of the things that I really enjoyed about our time right now in, in the football league. Is that like When you watch the Premier League, when you go on social media, People want to watch. It's like they care more about the transfers than they do the football. 
and the money. Oh, this guy's going for this much, and now this guy's going to Saudi Arabia, and this guy's. And it's like, I don't know. It's kind of fun to like not worry so much about that, even though we yeah. do still need to worry about it. But just like a lot of those distractions just aren't there anymore. When we're watching the game, and that's just like it's just so refreshing, and it reminds me of what it used to be like watching football. Like, how much fun was it to like just? not know everything about every team in the league and everyone that you're playing because you're just hit over yeah. the head especially like with the big clubs and now it's like all right now we get to like learn about new clubs and players we haven't thought about and um but i kind of like that i think it kind of reminds me of what it was like when we all first started watching yeah who would have thought that huddersfield had danny ward up front for them like little <laughs> things like that are great like just these little and we 100 percent. i think also just going back to no VAR. I mean, me and Matt, we could celebrate Boy. and not have to worry about, like, if the ref doesn't immediately blow his whistle for offside, you know it's a goal. I mean, it, you see the mess tonight in the United game and how Wolves got screwed over at the end, I think, for that penalty. And it's so refreshing to just have it without VAR, play the game, the ref blows, whatever. Like, yeah, it's that's great. Yeah. It is great. Yeah, definitely some pluses, some some ones that I don't think any of us thought about in our in our when we were pretty depressed at the start of or at the end of last season, knowing where we were going. But it, it, thus far, uh, five stars um, for for the championship experience um, for the first time in a few years. So uh, let's dive into next week, guys. Cardiff City, the Bluebirds. Uh, we haven't played them in quite a while. Actually, it was Claude Puel was uh, in charge the last time that we played these guys, and we were starting a back four of Pereira, Ricky, uh, Soyanchu, Harry Maguire, and Ben Chilwell. Uh, also, Navi Mindy played, as well as Damari Gray in that side. Uh, all the way back in 2018, uh, we played them on December 29th, and Cardiff beat us in the 92nd minute, <laughs> despite us having almost 80% possession. So, uh, and Neil Warnick was in charge of that Cardiff side. So, all, all sorts of things happened. Uh, back up here, Jason. Um, your thoughts going into Cardiff? We play them. It'll be a 7 a.m. kickoff uh, for the Foxes on the West Coast here. 10 a.m. kickoff for our East Coast Foxes. Uh, they have started the season. They drew leads in their first match and then lost to QPR last week, which is <laughs> says a lot about them. Uh, but yeah, what are your what are your thoughts, Jason? Initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, they, this product side, like they seem to be a side where like you just don't know like with who's going to show up. I mean, they were pushed to penalties by Colchester. Not probably you know a side they would have expected to to walk all over. Yeah. And, um, you know, to, to give leads who, who still at that time, you know, the least squad is crumbling right before our eyes. But, you know, at least like not everybody was gone um, last last weekend. Uh, and then to, to you know, give them a game, but then to lose to QPR. I just I, I don't know what we're going to see like out at, of at this card side. Um, and I kind of like it. Like I, I, I'm learning just like you all. Like, and maybe I should have done a little bit more homework uh, coming into tonight. But you know, you know, throughout the week, I'll, I'll look here and there. But you know, it's kind of fun to go into a game without just a blank slate and without you know 
any prejudices about that aside. Yeah, without Rebecca Lowe smashing you over the head with KDB stats. Uh, Chris, your thoughts uh, heading into Cardiff? So I was at that game, Matt, 2018. It was in December. I'd gone home from from San Diego to I Christmas remember that now. Yeah. The UK for Christmas. It was the it was the epitome of Puel ball. It was awful, absolutely awful. I don't think we even had a shot on goal. I left in like the 88th minute, upset that we were going to draw. I think Cardiff were bottom of the league or towards the bottom at that point. And as I'm walking back towards the pub, all I hear is just, you know, when away fans, when they, when they, when they score at the KP, it's this yeah. really weird muted cheer. And, and I'm walking out of the stadium and all I hear is that. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, we've lost. Just adds to my list of whenever I go home, we just never win. Um, but yeah, it was a good, it, I think to Jason's point, I ain't got a clue, mate. I really don't. I think every team is going to come to the KP and think it's their FA Cup final and know that they've got something to prove. I'll chip on the shoulder and go, okay, we're going to play the best in the league. Let's go. So I think they'll be aggressive. I think it'll be, I think, yeah, I just think they'll, they'll, they'll be up for it and we just need to match them with intensity. I think we, we can, I think on paper with a better side and we'll just see what happens. But if, if we're not up for these games, then teams are going to beat us. Like we have to make sure that we're mentally in the right place because right. Otherwise, I think we're going to struggle. Well, that's what, they've got Aaron Ramsey out there, so they do have a little bit yeah. of quality. But if we can kind of shut him down a bit, I think. From from what I've seen though, thus far, Jason, that's about all that they have. They're off offensively. Just the highlights I've watched, they just look a mess um, going forward. So I I really hope that we can. And to your point, Chris, though, that these are the games that you know we've had two thus far and had to grind out. So. So far, thus so far, so good, Jason and Chris. Yeah, it, it's a shame though. It's it's kind of an epitome of what multiple years in the championship can do, and like how important it is for us to try and get out at the first time of asking. Because you think about 2018, we played that game that was in the Premier League, and then mm-hmm. five years later, now we're talking about a Cardiff side who are maybe, as you said, Matt, struggling, kind of losing games here and there and and so i think it's just, just the importance for this season to get out of the league as quick as possible and get back in the premier league this is going to be the first game also where we're going to have a really tricky winger to deal with and with our setup with our kind of in you know inverted winger that really mostly plays as a as a, as a center midfielder like we're going to have you know probably josh bowler on the right side and um you know, Pereira and Doyle are really going to have their hands full, I think, with him. And it's going to be interesting to see how Mavidi kind of handles that and if he still will have the freedom to kind of go forward and keep pushing up the pitch. And that's it. Aaron Ramsey and Josh Bowler and those little bits, that, that's the extent of my scouting report on, on Carson. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, just one final note. The last time we played Cardiff, uh, substitutes were Shinji Okazaki and Rasid Gazal. So the that's game, uh, some names that you haven't heard in a while. The game before that season, 2018, was a really um, important and, and poignant and, and cathartic moment, I think, in, in the club's history. And that was the first game um, post, after the, the helicopter crash. Wow. It was away at Cardiff. And yeah. the Cardiff fans were, were um, very kind to lesser fans. Um, 
know, Karp's owner is a pretty controversial guy, and, and uh, you know, he handled things pretty, you know, he was very classy. Uh, Damari Gray scored that that you know, just incredibly emotional goal that gave us the, the one nil victory. He takes off his shirt, and he had a message there for for Bishai. Gets a yellow card, and the Carter fans started booing the referee for doing yeah. that. And yeah. then you know, there was just that really that was that moment of like just unity between the fans and, and the players. And the players spent a lot of time in front of the away end uh, after that game, and just. People were just letting out their their emotions, and and you know you could really see that 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 the club was was one again, and you know I hope in some ways that this season kind of brings back uh, some some unity, and hopefully under some you know better circumstances as the league, as the year keeps going. Absolutely, um, cool guys. Well, we'll start wrapping this thing up. Wanted to give a shout out to all the U.S. Foxes around the country. Some incredible meetups. Uh, this week, I think everybody took advantage of uh, our first, you know, uh, decently timed match to get together for the first time of the year. Uh, we had incredible meetup in San Diego. New York had great numbers. Shout out to the Dallas Foxes and the Rochester Foxes. They had incredible numbers at their meetup. Philly Foxes, of course, coming in strong. So, yeah, guys, it uh, it was awesome. We're going to try and document all that stuff this year if you could use the hashtag us foxes we're gonna try and do a weekly roundup i don't know if you guys saw it on instagram and twitter we sent out pictures of all the groups and just uh try to spread the good word and and remind people that you know the meetups are happening around the country and uh, if you if it's happening guys use that hashtag and and let us know so that we can direct uh some more you know, foxes towards your meetup and, and hopefully grow your numbers and, and grow the amount of people following this amazing club of ours. So yeah, guys, please keep it up. That was, that was so good to see. And man, we had a great time in San Diego. Shout out to the Bluefoot and Rodney for giving us a dedicated TV with sound, uh, for a championship side. That was pretty awesome. Uh, but we are one of the biggest groups there. So he really has no choice no choice chris uh but that was awesome so yeah guys please use the hashtag us foxes if you are getting together and uh we will make sure to get you documented and show you and share your information um as you guys can see jim harris not with us again and he's still uh with his beautiful bride in cancun uh celebrating having a great vacation but he wanted to send along some words uh, to the to the faithful listeners. Uh, so yeah, Chris, you want to play Jim's message now? And um, wish you all the best. Dana and I are out here. Start it over. <laughs> well, Matt, while I'm doing that, do you want to maybe point out to the the loy- the faithful Foxes fans how they may actually be able to see the game on Saturday? Because obviously, now <laughs> we've moved away point. from the world yeah, of nbc and peacock great it point thus, a, thus far guys we've we've been pretty spoiled all the matches have been on espn so if you had an espn subscription you've been you've been able to see all of those but yeah this is going to be the first one that will require a subscription to the fox's hub um what was the final price on that jason oh geez i think it was like 170 bucks yeah like converts or something like that they're all there. It's like 170 if you want to play pay the flat rate. They do have monthly options as well. 
Uh, but that is unfortunately going to be your only option to watch the match this week, guys, is to get on LCFC.com and buy a pass. Um, another option would be if you are, you know, in a group with the New York Foxes or the San Diego Foxes, uh, somebody is going to have paid for that subscription. So just find out who it is and buy them some beers. Uh, <laughs> I think that that would probably be a sufficient payment through the season if you just buy the guys some beers. And, and start your own groups too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pull in a couple bucks. Everyone splits the package and find some spot to watch. Get together and watch. Absolutely. Oh, photos. More, more, more camaraderie would be, uh, that's, that's a perfect point. So yeah, uh, go ahead and let us know. Let's, let's hear from Jason, Chris, if you got that, ready to go okay. from Jim. Sorry. Hi boys. Just a quick note from Cancun to say hello and, um, wish you all the best. Dana and I are out here enjoying ourselves, but, um, great to see we got three points and, um, getting through and getting some good wins and scrambling against the Huddersfield team that, that put up a fight, but, we can get better. On we go. Just going to piss this league. Hi, boys. Piss, Just a quick note. Piss this league. Yeah, hello. Ben. Uh, and, so, yeah, um, shout out to him. And hopefully they have a wonderful trip and will be back with us next week. Uh, back where he belongs on the show. So, on that note, guys, thank you for joining us for another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Uh, don't think we could have asked for a better start to the season uh, than a historic literally a historic uh for the first time in 100 years three wins so let's keep up the good vibes keep getting together guys reach out to us on twitter or x whatever um let us know if you're getting together we would love to spread the word and tell people about your meetup and uh yeah let's let's keep it rolling thank you as always for listening to the u.s foxes podcast for jason in new york and chris in san diego and jim who's in cancun and ollie in leicester uh, we will talk to you next week right here on the u.s foxes podcast peace guys peace